0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt-Santi, joined today by the science fairy, Laura Weilert.
1: Hi.
0: <laughs> so Laura and I actually met a few years ago, online met, you know, the way we're all meeting <laughs> yeah, yeah. now, but we, we've met yeah. online um, a few years ago when I was doing, I think we called it that, we called it Nerd Study Hall or something. Yeah, it was and book
1: related. Yeah, Articles. We'd
0: like we'd read an article and then come together and talk about it or a book. Yeah, yeah something. So anyway, um, so since then, I've been following you, Laura, on Facebook and watching all your cool science stuff that you're doing. <laughs> and um, and I'm glad to have you. So um, tell folks what you want them to know about you before we start our conversation.
1: Okay, I guess probably the oddball thing is I'm not from early childhood education. <laughs> <laughs> so I am learning um, all the ropes and things that are really cool and matter a lot, which has been a really exciting journey. So actually I'm a scientist or I was for, in another life
0: uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: and I loved explaining science, Science, but I didn't want to be a journalist or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. you anyway, know, I did a few lab trips, so lots of pipetting and things. <laughs> Realized I like people, and the same five people every day is probably not the best for extroversion. <laughs> um, that's fair. Yeah, so that's a little bit of the start. You know, I grew up babysitting and working with kids, and it was always fun. Yeah. Um, and then after the lab, just decided I want to make more of a difference, so I went into nonprofit to learn that and worked with homeless families, um, okay. which was a really cool, eye-opening experience and lovely. So. Eventually I was like, I need to do something with a science degree and then had to get creative and had some mentors and some wonderful people. And suddenly I was like, oh, I could be a mobile STEM teacher Uh and I can go to multiple child cares, Mm -hmm. work with different groups of kids and have fun and make, you know, experiments and play and all that. Mm -hmm. And so I called it the science fairy. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and where are you located
1: Oh yes. Um, right now I'm in Colorado Springs. Yeah.
0: So people around there will know to look you up now to get your mobile science center to them.
1: Exactly. <laughs> they'll look me up or they'll see me driving on the road um, and be like, she yeah. drives like a crazy mom in a minivan. Who's the Sainsbury? <laughs> Google that.
0: <laughs> Google it. There you go. Um,
1: and, and what else, Laura, what else do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I want to talk about like the kids and just how wonderful they are. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's um, what we do i know i've yeah. heard you talk about that before. Um, yeah so let me do
0: you sent me a quote that you wanted to use as our starter yeah, um and and i asked you to do that i'm not i don't want anyone to think you just barged in with your quote <laughs> and
1: a hammer or something
0: <laughs> um sorry i don't know where that came from i'm past
1: it's okay i i let kids use a hammer in a one experiment too and it's perfect fine. okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, so you have this quote that you, that you supplied to me by, yeah. from Sally Ride, um, yes. astronaut Sally Ride. Science is fun. Science is curiosity. We all have natural curiosity. Science is a process of investigating. It's posing questions and coming up with a method it's delving in. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing I want to ask you to do is just talk about that quote and why, why was that your choice? <sighs>
1: what? Um, I think it's been really interesting. So I redesigned my website recently. i will off on a business tangent. And um, they just put in all these pictures of the perfect teacher. I just realized that it's really loud. Um, the perfect teacher, everyone in their lines, everyone's papers, all this stock photography of what they thought early childhood education was about. Mm-hmm. And I'm just reminded of my time this morning with little Zane and he like, can't not grab the next thing that I'm pulling out of my tub or it's going straight (laughs) for the tub which is like my big number one no-no like that's my tub you respect it we do the activities in order Uh but it looked like utter chaos but he is experiencing that just delving in because his method for how do I figure out this new material is I'm going to touch it I'm going to grab it it's perfectly developmentally appropriate but it's not what people expect out of early education and then you go read something from a accomplished astronaut and she's like yeah, it was supposed to be all that fun stuff we did when we were kids.
0: Yeah, and so. and
1: so so people talk a lot, and
0: I think they I think most of the time when I hear it, it sort of sounds like a cliche um, or like lip service. But people talk yeah. all the time about how children are the ultimate scientists, um, <laughs> and I, I mean I believe that they I believe that that's that's true. But I think a lot of times people say that not really understanding how children are scientists it's a different
1: yeah experimentation so, method.
0: <laughs> and you know i i'm teaching a class on early childhood curriculum this semester so of course we're yeah. talking about all the stem things um breaking them down and looking at what it really means at this at these different mm-hmm. ages and you know you google that and you're going to get pictures of volcano experiments <laughs> and um uh planets or something like that so so with all that said, um, just I just want to hear you talk about, about,
1: that. Okay. about what, it ma- so, what it really oh does God, mean volcano. when we say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll go the volcano, okay, because <laughs> volcano irks me. First of all, volcanoes work from magma that starts under the ground, not something you pour into the reaction vessel, mm-hmm. first of all. Second, we do art, so we put, you know, all this like fancy volcano stuff around it. You can't see the reaction like that's the important part of the science is the reaction so i do one in a like tall glass vase, and i get this is my favorite i call it unicorn blood so you take red cabbage and boil it Ah. and it turns into an indicator so at neutral ph it's purple acidic it's pink and basic it's like green yellow and so we do the reaction with those cabbage dye in it so they can see the pink or say the blue in the bottom react with a pink at top, and then it goes back to purple as it fizzes everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's the actual reaction. It's not this idea of science that we have, which I think is what you're talking about with a volcano, yeah. is it's this idea of that, and you go on Pinterest and everything's food color science, which is a great segue, Heather, to my <laughs> <Yeah>. book. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You're doing great, Laura. <laughs> okay. so my book takes down and breaks real steps. <clears throat> so there is a science one, which is about corn. And different things you can do with corn kernels and all these different things then there's one with electricity there's one with money and that includes a a technology a blockchain bitcoin um game that i have on film because the because it's a how-to manual so i have films of how to do it okay and i have a youtube of me teaching two four-year-olds blockchain (laughs) and like they mostly get it (laughs) All right. I didn't expect that, but go on. (laughs) So, so these aren't truly technology, engineering, and math because Mm -hmm. it's easy to do science for the most part. There's a lot of ideas out there. So when I've been really hitting on those other three, that's all these books. So each of the future books, so I'm right. The first one is free. So it's a month long of STEM activities for every day. Mm-hmm. And it's got shopping lists, so everything is lined up for where you'd buy it. Mm-hmm. And it's got a glossary, and it's an ebook, so it uses the best of the tablet without being a tablet for the children. So that cool. the teacher is holding their tablet. I've got a little magnifier clip you can get for seven bucks. That you put over the camera, and it mm-hmm. acts as a zoom lens and a microscope. Oh and then i'm recommending it to directors because teachers are already there with the tablets, so they can get those great active pictures because i tell you stem experiments are great pictures as you've seen on facebook they're a lot of fun marketing marketing exactly (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) yeah so um so we can where do they where do they get it do you have a website what's your website
1: i know i have a domain actually (laughs) it was tricky to get but i got it so it's books dot that science fairy dot com uh-huh. books that right. science fairy
0: okay so you're that science fairy and not the science fairy
1: the kids and most of my customers know me as a science fairy miss okay. science fairy because i get um, very i get very picky
0: if people call me the early childhood yeah because you got
1: the that thing going on too
0: besides and not that that early childhood nerd yeah so we're like we're like early childhood nerd twins or something
1: I know, nerdy,
0: yeah. nerdy, 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 yeah. Yeah, um,
1: the education on
0: it, yeah, so um, I guess I was, I was coming in expecting to really just talk about science, but can we go math for a minute? Yes, <laughs> we can go math. Um, so, so we, like I said, I'm teaching this class, and we just had a conversation about math in the early years, and what the foundational mm-hmm. kinds of skills are, and Indiana's, yeah. excuse me, early learning standards are called the foundations. Okay. And it, it's pretty appropriate it lines up pretty well with um, um appropriate expectations at five different age stages yeah um and uh so we talked about how it's really more about sort of helping children develop the skill of thinking mathematically mm-hmm. and because as an adult i'm not math confident. I had a hard time answering some of their questions about, I mean, I could, I could talk about activities and skills, but I couldn't connect Mm. it to like the kinds of things that, that they're expecting to happen math-wise later. So um, is that, so what do you, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Thoughts on, I think, hmm, this is my strong thought. Are we we ready to lead with that? I'm ready. Okay. Kindergarten readiness. What do kids need to count to?
0: Oh, It depends on how you, who you ask.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Maybe, maybe it's helpful, but here yeah. in the early ed classes I took, it was, they need to be able to count to 10. That's it. You mm-hmm. know, move on. Yeah. Which is just so erroneous because 10 is a confusing number. Yeah. And it works really well if kids go into math and don't understand 11 or 12, because 10 and a hundred kind of makes sense when they start hearing the word percents for different things, mm-hmm. makes sense for prices. But when banks are trying to get loans out to people people who can understand that 11 would be 10 percent, that looks a lot more significant Mm. so if people can only go to 10 in their early education the whole concept of more than 10 or more than 100 doesn't match up with the foundation that the kids have Mm. so my big deal is you count until 12 Because you have to memorize every single syllable up to 12. (laughs) And then you just kind of do this little language wobble. Mm -hmm. So if you say 13, 410, 510, 16, 710, there's a little bit of a pattern to get them to that 20 and once they get the pattern at 20 it all it all just yeah. opens up for them in math yeah. and we don't do that. So 12 is my big deal that, and I learned this from a book by a really nerdy math person. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she said that the reason kids will get to six and then they kind of go and then it takes a while and they'll do that for months and months mm-hmm. and months because the teachers aren't realizing that seven has two syllables. So if kids are doing their appropriate one-to-one association then they get to seven, and it doesn't make sense. And it so disrupts the out.
0: pattern. It's oh, not
1: a yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Who's yeah. the who's no. the nerdy math author? My husband's a nerdy math guy. Maybe oh, he knows it? who she is.
1: Her name is Eugenia Cheng, and mm-hmm. her book is How to Bake Pie and oh.
0: Pie. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to ask him if he knows that one. Yeah. Um yeah, I, as I'm thinking about it, I think in Indiana, in the in the early learning standards, it says that an older preschool child, a five-year-old should be able to count one to 10. And by the end of kindergarten, they want them counting to 20. Yeah. Or writing the numbers one to 20 by the end of kindergarten or something like that. Um, yeah. uh, were you gonna say something else?
1: Oh, um, I think we forget that numeracy, and I've noticed this more as a parent, uh-huh. is that we teach math skills and counting, but we don't take advantage of like child led opportunities for being like, oh, well, you'd understand that a little more and have more fun with that if you realized it was related to math. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of instances where, so my daughter and I, for example, have this little cork collector. So I'm having my daughter play wine corks, but whatever. Nice. So (laughs) we put them in one, two, and we alternate. And Mm so I'm counting with her. And so she's trying to figure out which spot she goes in because that's the actual sensory game well, it doesn't matter what the counting is, but it's establishing a positive association with numbers mm-hmm. and so many kids. And I'm sure you did probably when you were young, not going into math later is there's just this negative connotation with big numbers, especially.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think math, I mean, I know math was hard for me. Um, I re- I was just talking about this with, with my husband. Um, I can remember sitting and I went to a very small high school in a very small town in Nebraska. And there were like 24 kids in my graduating class. And there were like three math classes you could take. And we all took them (laughs) together and just moved through. And um, I, I, but I remember vividly sitting in one of those math classes and thinking, you all must have been to a secret meeting that I wasn't at because they all knew what he was talking about. And it was all like brand new language for me. And um, so I grew up feeling like, you know, I can't do math. And I didn't like it because I wasn't good at it. Right. Um, But, and even now at the um, community college where I am, um, I don't know about the statistics now, but before I was program chair, another program chair told me that they had, um, it was not unusual for an early childhood degree seeking student to not finish their degree with only the math class left um, because they were so, intimidated by that and and I think it's hard then for for people who have that math anxiety and I think this fits for science too Mm -hmm. um uh what you know regardless of whether it's um you know gender related or not sometimes that's a stereotype um but anyway I feel like it's hard to expect them then to go in with confidence to to try and meet what children need at the at these ages for their science Mm -hmm. and math sort of yeah. foundational skills um or to see the science and math that happens in play because in our yeah. minds science and math is this scary hard thing
1: right versus what they're actually probably guiding the children in organically
0: yeah so uh, you know there's uh, i remember her saying you you know more math than you know you know <laughs> yeah after watching them and observing them interact with children during during play and during different activities
1: yeah i believe it <laughs> <laughs> yeah math has been good so the i struggling because every state has a different math oh completely different standards right yeah like, right it's weird that way
0: yeah but
1: when there's common core i'm like uh i've heard these things what do i yeah. do with that um so in writing the book i wanted to align the standards and be accessible to people from all states and regions and so reading through them was really interesting
0: yeah <laughs> like, i bet there was
1: how do we get there um but i realized that a lot of the activities going back to the what they're doing in play i started the activity and then i looked down i'm like oh wait that is this standard mm-hmm. i got to it backwards mm-hmm. and i think if teachers could be coached a little bit on that from where the play transitions into just a little slight difference in the instruction and suddenly you've met a math standard mm-hmm. uh, So that's what I was hoping to do with all those activities in the book. They almost all have a math standard that they reach. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, but math is an interesting realm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I want
0: to circle back to science for a minute um, because uh, there were two things I talked about. One was the volcano and one was the all children are scientists question. Uh, So I want to come back to that and just see, you know, what's your reaction to that? Cause that, you know, a meme with that quote in it pops up in my Facebook timeline at least yeah. once a week by people <laughs> who I know are not, um, uh, really about it. maybe really allowing the kind of appropriate experiences that allow children to be the scientists they, they, they're calling them. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking now and see what your are are
1: Well, for. I was hoping to talk a long because it's a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Um, science is a way of knowing and children don't yet know what they know or don't know. So they start off, you know, babies trying to decide between light and shadow and their eyes are going back and forth. So at some point that biological process is going on. And now as they interact with adults, suddenly there's this other way of knowing more the social emotional development. And then when they get to you know, two and three, they're just really just taking everything in. <laughs> um, and so they have to be a little like scientific and engineering of like how they're thinking, right? And that I think is one of the reasons we have childhood amnesia is we're trying to adjust how we're learning into something that we can keep routing in our brains. And so, and then you hit the three, five level, or level. (laughs) Kids level level up to to three and four and five. Yep. (laughs) So as they're in the like three range, then they're at least aware of how they process information. And that's how they're finding out what things they're good at and what things that are frustrating to them. Mm. And so a lot of kids, there will always be those few kids who, are gonna be the Sally rides, the astronauts, like they have that just very particular way of doing things that's very scientific and engineering. But what I found is there's a whole nother group of kids at that three, four age that acknowledge it as a way of knowing, but haven't tapped into it as a very valuable way of knowing. So what I hope to do is hit that middle there and say, here's value to exploring it this way. Like, ooh, if we all mix and stir correctly, suddenly the magnetic slime works and you know you can all experience and touch it. But now they're thinking, oh, that patience, that persistence, that observation has gotten me a result that is interesting to my brain.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think when we say there's little scientists and engineers, they're not these little, you know, kids with slide rolls in their (laughs) (laughs) pockets. their way of knowing has to be based on the real world, which is uh-huh. a huge challenge now because kids are so digital, like the real world, there's a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, they're not necessarily little scientists and engineers, but they are scientific. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's. I think that's an, uh, an interesting distinction to think about and maybe will help some folks um, yeah. sort of process the difference you just described. Um, what what kinds of things are your favorite things to do with uh young you know children under 5 or under 6
1: yeah um i have a lot so they're all small group designed cuz most of my classes are eight kids
0: uh-huh. um,
1: 3 to 5 sometimes we have school ages in there so that always throws a wrench in it oh boy um, that
0: would be tricky yeah
1: it's a fun wrench but <laughs> um anyway the i this is what I did this morning and I really liked it. So the project is called stem in the trees. And the idea is that we're looking at the straws on the outside of the trunk that take the sap up and down. Mm-hmm. And then I have this huge 66 year old tree. Wow. That we bring in and then we do a circle around that. And so I made up a song to ring around the rosy. And so (laughs) pre-sap in the spring, we stop and do that Uh and then fall comes. And so I put two kids in the middle and, um, so they all take turns. Anyway, the middle ones, they fall down and they they
0: fall down. Yeah.
1: And so it's very gross motor and musical and it's Uh still scientific. So I like that one a lot. I tried it with a group today though. (laughs) It was a disaster. (laughs) yeah never,
0: <laughs> that never always happens the
1: Rosie. like there was no base material to work from. yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> they didn't know ring around the Rosie." yeah that goes back to an episode from a while back when lisa and i talked about kids not being yeah. exposed to nursery rhymes anymore but yeah <laughs> wow yeah that would derail your plan <laughs>
1: yeah it was a bit of a challenge yeah <laughs> I mean I like most of the activities I do um but it's fun when I can hit another domain of learning mm-hmm. um it's not just all science and technology yeah
0: yeah and so I mean that fits too with what we know about how young children learn um mm-hmm. they learn best when their bodies are moving and they're actively engaged with something and not just sitting back and watching you make the volcano erupt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> falsely falsely <laughs> um so so yeah that sounds like it could be a lot of fun for a small group of kids to do.
1: Um,
0: Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Do you have another favorite idea while I try to regain my train of thought? I'll just put the whole weight of my podcast on your shoulders.
1: Okay. <laughs> no <task here>. <laughs> um, it's like, I want to think of a technology one. Oh yeah. Um, it's a good one for technology. Um, it's kind of unique um oh yeah that one is pretty simple so going back to moving our bodies a gross motor mm-hmm. um html code right it says html at the very beginning of a web page and says start reading this
0: uh-huh and then
1: at the very end it says carrot slash html carrot uh-huh so i put html in the little carrots and html slash html in another thing glue that to a sign <laughs> yeah and we try Red light, green light. That means you're stopping your coding.
0: And
1: and then you go. Uh And then you stop and then you Uh go. Uh And it's just a simple coding thing. But if they ever get into coding, and now, even as even at my age and doing entrepreneurial stuff, I have to get into coding a little bit. So their entire generation, 20 years before and back, is going to have to be aware of that slash.
0: Right. That's a, um, so, uh, are they big? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to think about a child recognizing all the little, sim- yeah, okay, they're big. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about the technology part a little bit, because I know that that is uh, an issue you probably have strong feelings about, but um, the whole field kind of does, right? We <laughs> are are battling about, um, you know, we're blaming parents for technology and we're um, trying to figure out how to for letting children use technology too much and screen mm-hmm. time, and we're battling inside our own programs sometimes for the way we use yeah. screens yeah. and what we call technology. And we think, mm-hmm. oh, accreditation says we have to have technology, so we need computers in the classrooms. Well, um, that sounds great
1: kind- if you're selling computers. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so, so just what are
0: you, what are your thoughts on on that, and how do you approach that as that? I approach it
1: with low tech Uh because the the meaning of technology is solving a problem using science and engineering is solving a problem using science repeatedly Mm. so keeping those two in mind my technology and engineering pair up um pretty often together Uh so low tech is really where it's at like i think kids understanding low tech is a big deal um there are lots of flashy ways to do it. And I think if you stay away from all those, you're better off. <laughs> um, so like one example would be, I do a bridge building and another experiment and I get bricks and we talk about big rocks. And like if kids have any geological cultural knowledge, it's like those big rocks that you see, like people moved them there. Uh-huh. The pyramids of Egypt and they take colored pencils and line them underneath. Help them lift the brick up over the colored pencils and roll it, roll it, roll it until the pencil in the back pops out, and then someone has to go and put that in front.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, how to move this brick without lifting it is the goal, and you do it with the technology of a colored pencil.
0: Uh huh.
1: I mean, it just kind of yeah. goes back to um, being engineers and technology with cassette tapes <laughs> and a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> yes many listeners will know what we're talking about yeah Yeah. that's engineering right there yeah it all connects that way and I think uh, light is a fun one to do with technology because it affects so much um sound I do a sound technology one so tuning forks guitar strings rubber bands over a Kleenex box just Mm -hmm. to say I want to create a sound how do I do that with what I have Mm -hmm. Um, I do have a computer put together one so i use a raspberry pi which is a small little thing
0: <laughs> my husband has like four of them right over there
1: <laughs> <laughs> they all have names <laughs> and yeah. they're each for different projects yes okay yeah. this is so funny. i go to the thrift store and i get a keyboard and you know kids hardly see keyboards anymore anyway right right so and i get the ones with the high letters and then we get a little uh screwdriver and pop them out Mm -hmm. and pop them off and see what's underneath and that is the funnest thing ever yeah and then plug all the computer in and they get to make it work and unplug and do that kind of thing so bringing down the tech a little bit is good not only just for cost Mm -hmm. um but for just like they can play with it and break it and it's Mm -hmm. not a big deal
0: yeah i mean that's a that's a big concern is we we get the tech so we've got it in the center (laughs) Um, but we don't ever then let them use it because it might get broken and we can't, we got a grant to get it. So we'll never be able to get it again. And, um, but accreditation says we have to have it. So the day they're here, we better have them out. Um, So, so tell me again, what was your definition of of technology at the beginning of that?
1: Yeah, uh, technology is solving a problem. Yeah, solving a problem using science. Yeah. Um, So it's, I think a lot of times when
0: we hear technology we think of Mm -hmm. equipment yeah that we have to have and not these kinds of processes that you're describing Mm
1: -hmm. yeah process that's a key word you pulled out there yeah yeah Yeah. i am i could picture very
0: clearly uh, several um preschool children's faces preschool children that i know their faces if we tried Mm -hmm. to do that brick and colored pencil thing they would be so into that and really um (laughs) That would be, I, so I got to find some place to find a group of kids to play with again now.
1: Right. So we can try. And someplace. then you got to divide them in groups and make them compete no, yeah, you now. Right. <laughs> <three, Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, so that, oh yeah, that was really interesting. I'm, um, and, and to be fair, I think that I have to say this, to be fair, I think mm-hmm. that in the NACI accreditation standards when it talks about technology, at least when I was a director, um mm-hmm several years ago um it did say you know any kind of like cameras and um Mm -hmm. scales and things like that were would would meet the criteria but i think the other thing with just getting equipment to meet those kinds of standards or to meet you know parent expectations of technology or whatever um we think it has to be really expensive Mm -hmm. Um, and what you're describing doesn't necessarily sound like it needs to be all that
1: expensive Mm -hmm. that's the idea
0: yeah um so do you do a lot of thrift shopping for your for your stuff
1: we have the best thrift store chain here it's called the Arc. oh and they have the best stuff their people can like organize and think what should go together and what's really valuable but no one's going to notice it's valuable (laughs) so like i'm just at all of my 19th Street Walmart or Walmart, who's a, our yeah. store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's another Walmart on 19th Street. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, I started a little vlog uh-huh. where I've only published like two episodes where I film myself going through. So I've got my daughter in the cart, oh. and then like I've attached my phone to the back of the kid thing. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. The kid thing. Yeah, I just zoom around like, oh, look at this. And like I'm trying to find another grabber. You know those like things when you have surgery? Yeah. Yeah. Because um there's a experiment where the kids lift up a paper helicopter and drop it, but they are Uh never tall enough for it really to to really get up there. So you've got a grabber. So every time I go to the thrift store, I go over to the barrel where they have long tall stuff. And Uh I'm like, is there a grabber in here?
0: fun um I just because I think every all, a lot of so many let me say so many it's not quantifiable I can't back this yeah, up right. but so many <laughs> early childhood people just take great delight in thrift stores and um some feel like everything has to come from the catalog and it it really is another <laughs> one of those little divides among yeah. us uh, uh, yeah. to see what we can get and um it's one of my favorite things to do Um, because then I think also families get to see that. So it's advocacy. It's good to do those things with the children, but if we can find a way to show the families what we're doing to talk about why it is science or math or technology or engineering, Mm -hmm. um, then it's a little bit of, of, um, appropriate family education and advocacy. That's really cool. I never thought it that way. Much more authentic parent education than a lot of what our parent education (laughs) efforts uh, look like sometimes.
1: Yeah, and what I'm hoping to to go back to the book series is because it's an ebook and it's on that classroom tablet. huh The teacher is running the activity, but then the tablet's not doing anything, but it can be there to take pictures. Oh. But it's not in the children's hands. Uh-huh. That teacher is able to take those pictures so then you can do that advocacy. Right. So, I right. forgot that that's the final piece is working. Yeah.
0: And and so then they're u- so they're using the camera, but the camera isn't the activity. I mean, the tablet isn't the activity. It's it's a piece of the whole Process. It's a, tool. it's a tool, and I think that also gives kids, um, and, and maybe your co-teachers, who knows, um, really, I guess, appropriate modeling or modeling of a of an appropriate way to use that um, that screen or that tablet or whatever it is, and that it's not sedentary. It's not just for sitting and looking at, um, mm-hmm. or sitting and you know playing games on or something like that. Um, yes, yeah. so yeah. lots of lots of good packed in, also a really fun thing to yeah. do, yeah,
1: and cool. it keeps them engaged that way, yeah, yeah. and then to there's really cool meta things you can do with a tablet. So, one of the sound technologies, which is actually going to be in a later series of this book, later book of the series, mm-hmm. um, is using a decibel meter and using a pitch creator, which there mm-hmm. are the little apps that do, and so suddenly that tablet is really doing. The work of advancing the technology from a low tech to high tech. Mm-hmm. And kids are seeing how that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of another advantage of being strictly an ebook.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would never have thought about that. That's. Yeah. But I see that connection. Yeah. Um, so. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. I get, uh, oh, okay, I, I, get I always all...
1: talk too fast. No, violent.
0: no, that was, that was completely my fault. This is excellent pod right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know the listeners like it best when I talk about what I can't remember.
1: <laughs> we all sympathize. Because we're like, we remembered everything today. Yeah, right, that,
0: uh, that, that Heather, what a fool for forgetting things. I sure would never do that. Um, well, you know, I feel like I put myself in this position of being a talker, so I should never (laughs) run out of things to talk about. Um, so this, this is just really interesting. And, um, I I think that, I don't know, I feel like you've really presented some topics, topics that one are sometimes scary for early (laughs) childhood, um, teachers and and childcare providers to take on. But also, um, yeah, just that idea that it has to cost a lot of money or you have to have um, specifically the stuff from the catalog science section um, to do these things. Um, So I I think you've given those those two groups sort of a light to follow um, to move forward with offering these things for kids. And I think
1: that's great um to hear about that divide there because there's a lot about the classroom and classroom teachers that I'm still understanding it's a whole
0: it's a whole culture um (laughs) that
1: that requires anthropological study
0: (laughs) in my opinion so if you've got a you know that early childhood anthropologist somewhere that you know of okay We'll <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that you wanted to talk about or, or or mention, Laura, when you were thinking about coming on? Oh, it's just
1: great to sort of be here and be involved with it. Yeah. And I feel welcomed even as a non-ECE nerd necessarily. <laughs> I'm I'm driving that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's great. But yeah, so it's been a fun journey becoming the science fairy and the science fairy or that science fairy, whichever one it is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> That's so just been fun listening to you and hearing from your audience and your guests about things that I didn't know. And now we talk about things that you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's sharing. right. I'm,
0: I am learning as we're talking and I love when I get to do that. A lot of times I just, you know, pick somebody who knows all the things I know and shares the opinions I have. And we just we just rant about it, as you know, if you've listened. But every now and again, <laughs> I get someone who really teaches me some something. So thank you. Cool.
1: Yeah. So if um, anyone wants to get the books, uh, they're at books.that. Science fairy like that early chapter book, that <laughs> science fairy with a Y.com. And it. I have a little quiz up for ECE. It's my best understanding of ECE. I'm gonna send you the quiz Heather because I did oh. this quiz for ECE people to get like their guide type. okay There's 10 different guide types. um So people can take that and then sort of see at the very end of that, how it relates to the book and how it can relate to their classrooms. So.
0: Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, I'd love to see that well I'll send it over awesome yeah and and thanks for mentioning I was just gonna say better give them your website again so they can order better give them that link to the book yeah yeah that's great I got it it was a struggle but it's
1: there (laughs) you got there there.
0: (laughs) we did it together
1: together
0: (laughs) all right thank thank you very much Laura for coming on and for all that you're doing um and and I will keep we'll be in touch I'm sure and thank you everybody for listening to another episode and um that's all for That Early Childhood Nerd this week. Perfect. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning
1: Upstairs Studio production. Oh.